What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Coffee and Headphones. My name is Caleb. My name is Trevor. And this is a podcast where brothers talk about brother things. We are currently dead set in the middle of the NBA playoffs, which is what we are focusing on today and until the conclusion of the finals. And I think we don't have to waste any time, Trevor. Your team um, played their first conference finals game last night. Let's get into it. What are your initial thoughts? Oh, buddy. Okay. Uh, first off, I just want to start by saying everyone besides J. Will and J.J. Reddick on ESPN Sports Center or any of these other announcers need to be fired. Uh, the most disrespectful headlines I've ever seen in my entire life. The Nuggets destroyed the Lakers. They came back. We'll talk about it. Okay. But they destroyed the Lakers. And we're talking about should the Lakers feel good about losing? Let the Nuggets lose that game and see what that narrative is. It is not going to be that. Um, to talk about a professional sports team that is in the running for a championship, being content on losing is blasphemy. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, it just won't stop. In every series, I'm like, okay, this is when the hate will stop. It just continues. You torch the Suns, it continues, right? Everybody's like, oh, he has to make it past KD. He has to make it past Devin Booker. Who knows if he's better than them, blah, 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 blah. You beat him. Then it's the next thing. Oh, you got to play the Lakers. We'll see if they can win, blah, blah, blah. Destroy the Lakers, game one. Oh, well, the Lakers should feel good about losing. So, what? I know we're all into participation trophies now, but that is seriously the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Everyone's always like, championships, championships, championships. Okay, cool. That's what they're doing. That's what they're playing for. The, the knock on Jokic is he's a bad playoff player, better than Embiid, by the way. Um, but <laughs> he goes 34, 21, and 14. And all we can talk about is how the Lakers should feel good about losing. That's ridiculous. So I have more yeah. to say, but I feel like you want to talk. So I'll let well, you talk. If this is your first time joining us, as you can tell, Trevor is an avid Lakers fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was that was quite interesting. I, I had a feeling that you were going to have some things to say, especially when I saw all the headlines this morning, even – all reliable, the best non-biased sports podcast out there, no dunks, Taz Mellis was saying, I think the Lakers walk away feeling really good about themselves. I'm with you, bro. This is the conference finals. This is uh, a legacy on the line here for multiple players, but I don't think LeBron is feeling good about losing, you know, and all of these people who ride his nuts are kind of blowing me away that that is kind of the narrative that they're getting from game one because of some coaching changes that were made. Now let's, let's be fair here. The Lakers did make good, good um, changes. They made adjustments in the game and uh, in that second half, you know, the third quarter, they really came back. Um, and then it was a much more entertaining game because in the first half, the Nuggets were blowing them out of the water. Um, but these adjustments 
can also be made by Mike Malone in the uh, next Mike game. Mike Malone, his wonderful let's, coach. Let's talk about the specifics here. Mike Malone did make some in-game adjustments, but it just uh, – which is why they ended up winning, by the way, because the Nuggets did win, if you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're on ESPN, maybe you don't know that. But the Nuggets won because of a couple clutch changes. The Lakers, though, they made one in particular change that a lot of people are talking about, which is Rui Hachimura on Jokic. Now, I know that you're going to feel the same way as me, and I'm just going to put this in a gentle sense. That is not the answer. Um, it maybe like confused the Nuggets at best last night, and AD was able to roam free. Guess what? Like I just said, Mike Malone can also make changes, and they're gonna and find a way to to adjust to this. Rui Hachimura is gonna get torched if he tries to guard Jokic for yes, a whole game. Yes, hundred percent. Jokic took two shots in the fourth quarter, and they say it's because Rui played such good defense. He played better defense than AD which, by the way, is who everyone was saying, oh, AD is going to lock Jokic up, blah, blah, blah. That's the answer. His defense is going to destroy Jokic. Jokic has to get through AD. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, AD's one-on-one defense. It wasn't good enough, but his offense was amazing. My man had 40 points, okay? That's Let's a be great fair. Game. AD, yeah, AD a great had a game. great game. Okay, but you're going to tell me that you are the best defensive player left in the playoffs and you had 10 rebounds? Right. Jokic doubled your rebounds plus right. one. Right. Nikola Jokic, the guy that everyone said isn't athletic enough to compete with AD on the boards, destroyed you. The Nuggets bench had more rebounds than – take Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets bench. They have more rebounds than all the Lakers combined. Um, Nikola Jokic had more rebounds than – LeBron and AD combined by himself. AD is supposed to be this amazing defensive player. That's all I heard before the before the series started. All I heard from ESPN analysts is it's going to be a tough matchup. AD versus Jokic. AD versus Jokic. AD gets torched last night by Jokic. And let's be fair, okay? Jokic is not a great defender. He's not as bad as people say either. He's ranked number 40. Um, He has the most broken up plays in the league this year, uh, mostly because he kicks his foot out. But, hey, that's part of the game. He plays smart. Um, You expected AD to get points, but you're going to tell me that now instead of AD being the answer, Rui Hachimura is the answer for Nikola Jokic. That's a joke. (laughs) That is a joke. If, If AD, the best defensive player left in the playoffs, can't, defend Jokic one-on-one what the hell makes you think that Rui Hachimura is going to defend Jokic one-on-one that's ridiculous yeah that's crazy so now that you got your feelings out (laughs) can we talk about uh the historic game that was last night um Jokic out there now don't get me wrong I think Jokic did some things in the second half that need to be um adjusted moving forward in particular getting a little bit too cutesy with the passes and like to your point, you only took two shots in the fourth when it was a mm-hmm. single digit game. And like we've been saying this whole time for the Nuggets to win, Jokic needs to shoot more. He had a great game, but he only took 17 shots. He could have taken like 25 realistically, right? He was making 70%. Most of them. Yeah. He was making most of them. So like, and they, they won because, you know, Jokic and Murray together and like Mark, Brown KCP. and PJ coming in. Yeah, different. The sports. whole team. That's how great. you that's how you win. 
but um outside of just those few mistakes with the you know late turnovers or whatever it was such a historic game that I read a stat this morning that said it was the first time since 1987 that opposing centers had 30 or more in the conference finals isn't that crazy that's 36 seasons that's crazy but I mean that's who you would expect it from. Exactly. Yeah, that's what so I was it, thinking. It makes like, sense. Yeah, like it, AD, for me, like, I was I was watching, and I was like, because AD started off fairly slow, right? And uh, Jokic blocked him in the first half. I texted you, I was like, yo, that got me hyped. But Jokic was, had two blocks. AD yeah. had two blocks. Can yeah, I was, I was watching, and then slowly but surely, he just kind of kept hitting those middies. And then next thing you know, he ends the game with 40 points. And I was like, when did he get 40 points? And I say this because that's such like a Jokic thing for AD to do. You know, like yeah. Jokic, you, you look at his box score at the end and you're like, when did he get all these numbers? Because he does it, although he's like obviously flashy with his passes and he has cool circus finishes from time to time. He does it so steady. He never feels like he's taking over a game, like in the sense that Jimmy or a LeBron of old does. Um, and that was AD last night. Now, here's my question for you. Obviously, Darvin Ham, uh, better at in-game adjustments than Frank Vogel has been, um, which you saw last night. Even though they did lose, um, mm. they they were able to come back and make it a competitive game. If you're um, Darvin Ham, do you start Rui Hachimura or do you start um, Vanderbilt? For defense. I think he's going to start really hot tomorrow. And here's something else I want to say about Anthony Davis's 40-point game. Not to discredit him, but definitely to discredit him. Um, he has the best player over the past 20 seasons on his team that the opposing team is always going to have to account for and worry about. So he is going to be a lot more open, and he should be scoring close to 40 points every freaking game. He should. He should. I mean, that's like if you're not doing that, you don't deserve to be called one of the best because you have LeBron James, who is always going to take the it's going to take the number one defender to defend LeBron James. That's going to be the primary goal for teams to disrupt is going to be LeBron James. OK, you are a center. You're a seven foot center who's pretty physically dominant, albeit very injury prone but you're pretty physically dominant against a center that is not a top five center in defense. You should score 40 points. Nikola Jokic scoring 34 points on you, 10 to 13 on AD, by the way, as his primary defender. Okay, so think about that. That's close to what? Is that 80-some percent? It's somewhere around there. And we're not talking about dunks. We're talking about floaters bank shots mid-range he is going to work around Rui Hachimura even more so than Anthony Davis I don't think people I don't want to say it was a fluke I think he no. did a great job guarding yeah. Jokic I think but that's not going to be a 40 minute guard right I think it was there's it no was, way it's one of those kind of in the stunts, game. right it's one of those in the game you're like in the game what you don't want Rui it was the end of the game, game. It was the end of the game. Jokic had already put up a triple-double in the first half, okay? So I'm not making excuses that he was, like, tired. Right. But 
my man's like 290. Yeah. And well, I not mean, yeah. The biggest physical specimen. I think, I think if anything, it was more just like a, a surprise um, and just an unexpected move. It was very Nick Nurse to me. Um, and I like that. And I, I like Rui Hachimura. I'm glad that he's out of Washington and he has a chance to compete. Um, he's too small for Jokic, though. Like, let's be real. At the end of the day, he is. And, and he's not – he's a good defender, but he's not like an all-time – he's not like a Draymond Green undersized defender type person. He's, he's like AG. Decent. He's like AG kind of, but I don't even think he's on – that level that yet level. he needs to no. develop a little bit more before he can do that and then Jokic has been the best player in the playoffs so if you're going to ask someone who is a a good defender but undersized and has been coming off the bench to guard the multiple time MVP and best player so far in the playoffs I think that's too tall of a task for anyone let alone someone who had inconsistent minutes throughout the season especially apparently Jokic oh go ahead I was just going to say, especially with his lack of guarding centers. Apparently, Jokic hasn't been the best player in the playoffs, according to every analyst that gets paid hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to analyze the game of basketball, Um, which is, again, why I say they all deserve to be fired. Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, and Stephen A. Smith are the worst. They're like politicians, okay? They just say stuff to get people to pay attention they don't know what they're saying i've seen so much backpedaling and switching of reasoning and all it's ridiculous um but he has like if you look at the stats if you analyze which is supposed to be their job the stats of nikola Jokic, win percentage field goal percentage triple doubles my man is having not only the best playoff run this year it is a historic playoff run that's been done by little to nobody. I don't understand the hate, the disrespect. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, at this point, at least the fans and the people who actually understand basketball are understanding how special Jokic has been this postseason and recently. And I've seen a lot of people, especially after the Embiid game seven, say like, yeah, Jokic should have been the three-time MVP. And that's that's neither here nor there. But I'm watching the Nuggets with a lot of confidence, knowing that they haven't lost at home and they have yeah. home court throughout the rest of the, the playoffs. It's um, not just Jokic either. The right. team's no, going great. Jamal last night had another 30-piece that went so under the radar because Jokic and AD in such a great game. But uh, Yo- um, Murray has been playing great, honestly. And to your point, I think you coined it the Murray Flurry at one point. That was what happened last night. He kind of, like, the Nuggets were falling off a bit. He kind of kept them going there and making sure that it wasn't – it didn't get down to that one possession game. It got really close. I think the closest was, what, five points? Um, he made sure that, that there was breathing room the whole time. I think so, it was a three-point game at three one point. Was it? Okay. Um, also, I didn't coin Murray Flurry. I wish I did. Uh, that comes from Denver Nuggets, Altitude TV announcers. Oh, gotcha. Uh, but uh, Jamal is severely underrated. Um, he's he's uh, bringing his stock back like he does every year in the playoffs. He's severely underrated. This Nuggets team as a whole is underrated. KCP had 21, I want to say. Bruce Brown just really went in there and destroyed these guys, just pushed the pace. Yeah, and I think that's what the Nuggets are going to have to do. 
And I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. I don't think that. I think it'll go to seven. Yeah, and I think a, the Nuggets will win at seven. If last um, night was any indication, this is going to be another great series. The Sun great, series great. was great. I mean, game six was was boring. But it was a great series up until that point. And uh, I can see more of the same here. Um, another series, unless there's anything else you want to say about the Nuggets. The other uh, series. Okay. Yeah, well, you, I'm sure you'll <laughs> say that at the end. Uh, the Eastern Conference finals kicks off tonight Tonight. Uh, i'm so excited i'm going down to the pub to watch with my buddy who's a celtics fan so that'll be very fun um do you have any predictions for this one i am so stoked to see jimmy butler play basketball yeah that's all i'm gonna say i uh i have obviously been a little consumed as a nuggets fan in this series uh but jason tatum is gonna play wonderful um shout out to Dylan Tatum Brooks. for that crazy game seven by the way respect where it's due I still think the Celtics are going to lose this series um they're almost there but they're not I mean you gotta if you look at the team versus team the Celtics should win this series for sure right like it's Tyler Hero has broken hands so you got Jimmy Bam who plays sometimes Gabe Vincent who's good this year but Let's be honest, who heard of Gabe Vincent before this year? Not many people. Um, you have Max Struess. And then what? what is the bench in Miami? Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, Lowry, Caleb Martin are your real bench pieces right now. And Kevin Robinson is starting now. Kevin Love is starting now. And Kevin Love is playing great. Kevin Love's playing. I mean, Bam has been, Bam, Bam had a great series last series. Uh, he started yes. off the playoffs a little slow, but, you know, he – he really showed up against the Knicks, and that was a, a very tough series. And I think that was a positive sign if you're a Heat fan. Jimmy is farther removed from his injury since the Celtics series went seven, uh, which is really good if you're a Heat fan as well. Now, this is the only guy who's really in contention with Jokic for best player in the playoffs. And I think, you know, as much of a Jimmy stand as I am, I think Jokic has clearly been a bit better. But I think, like... Jimmy said after uh, last year's series where he missed that last shot to beat the Celtics in the conference finals that he, yep. he's learned from his mistake. So if you're the Celtics, I would be a little scared because rookie coach who has made mistakes throughout these playoffs and the Celtics beat themselves a lot more than the Heat beat themselves. And Jimmy is even better than he was in last year's playoffs. I see this one going seven, of course, like, this has been such a great playoff run all, of, all across the board, and a lot of these series are going long. This might be the best one yet, let's be honest. Um, Jimmy and Tatum is going to be a great matchup, but I'm going to go with, like, Heat and Seven, of course, um, because I got a ride with Jimmy. And like I, I said it. a few weeks ago, I would love a Heat Nuggets finals, and it looks like we're inching there. But uh, takeaways for tonight for me is going to be how does Jimmy's ankle look? And are the other Heat players making their threes? Because they yeah. all, almost all of these role players shot a career low from three this season. And then they've been better in the playoffs, but not always there, especially like the Struess and the Kyle Lowry and, and those people. Kevin Love even had some clankers in there. Um, that's one point. And then the point on the Celtics side is uh, Robert Williams, who I was like, hey, he needs to be getting more minutes. 
he started the last two games of the last series. So, and they won both of those. So I feel like I could be a good NBA coach. Uh, how's he going to fare against Bam? Because last yeah. year that was, they kind of canceled each other out um, at least on the defensive end, but he's been more inconsistent in the rotation, obviously. And so I want to see how Robert Williams plays. And then also how does Derek White play coming off the bench? Because it was a lot of the same thing with last year's playoffs where he started off great shooting. And then as the time went by, he became worse and worse. And then eventually it was getting like spot minutes in the finals. So those are my two takeaways for the Celtics and for the Heat. Yeah. And I just want to, I don't even want to put it this way, but this is just how it seems. And obviously you don't know, obviously everybody wants to win. Like they've been competitors probably since like two years old. Right. Like I, I get that side of things, but there are two guys still left in the playoffs that I think straight up just want it more. They would die to have a championship. And that's Jimmy and Nikola Jokic. They've been business, all business, all playoffs, all season, really. And I just, I see Jason Tatum and he has these amazing games. My man is a great player. I, I can't stand the Celtics. Um, so it hurts me to say that, but it's a fact, right? I'm not going to say he's not a great player. Right. But you give me Jimmy versus Tatum one-on-one. -on -one, I don't care if Tatum has a 70-point game. I'm going to pick Jimmy every time. So I, I think it is going to come down to the role players. Like Marcus Smart is very streaky. If he has a great game and the heat guards aren't hitting threes, that's going to be a big deciding factor because talent-wise, strictly like athleticism and talent, the Celtics have the upper hand. Absolutely. Coaching-wise, the Heat have the upper hand. Yeah, coaching-wise, sure. they have the best coach. And they, and they play – playoffs. They play with a certain continuity that you would think the Celtics would play with because most of those guys have been together for a long time that the Celtics just don't play with some games. Um, so I, I think it'll be a fun series. I think it'll be close. Um, unbiased opinion, I do think the Heat are going to win. Biased opinion, the Heat and four. Um, <laughs> but that, that's my takeaway from, from that. So yeah, I, I mean hoping for a Heat Nugget final. Yeah, it, it'll be a great series either way. Uh, I'm hoping for a different result from last year. And I also want to pull out some receipts um, from when Jimmy signed in 2019 with the Heat. You had mm -hmm. Stephen A. Smith, amongst many other people, saying they'll be lucky if they make it to the playoffs. Jimmy must not care about winning. He only wants to go to the beach. He wants to enjoy the warm weather. They don't have the team to compete like he had in Philly. Uh, he doesn't care about his legacy. He's ruining his legacy. How many times in the last four years have the Philadelphia 76ers been to the conference finals? Zero. Yes. And how many times have the Heat been? Twice. Three, Three times. times. Three times. Once wow. going to the finals and now maybe again going back to the finals. So uh, it, it goes to prove that if you work hard, beats talent any day which is why I could see the Heat beating the Celtics here because the Celtics top to bottom they're clearly more talented they have two all NBA level players um the Heat have maybe one and a half it depends on if Bam is being super assertive or not and they have a six man that was 50 40 90 a couple of seasons ago 
that is really, really good at basketball, that chose to go to a team to try to win a championship. But if he was on another team, he would be starting. And we would be talking about him like we do, like De'Aaron Fox or somebody on on that level. I don't know about that. But uh, here's another thing. You know the Miami Heat, outside of uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, have – and KCP. Uh, they have all of the players who have won a championship. The Celtics don't yeah. have any any championships on their roster right now. Uh, the Heat have Udonis Haslam, of course. Uh, oh yes. The Heat have Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love. Kyle uh, Lowry, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Cody Zeller, who hasn't won a championship, but he's a champion in my heart. <laughs> I was like, wait, when did Cody Zeller win? That was. Cody Zeller, man. Hey, uh, props to him. He's doing his thing. He's sticking around. Well. He's actually he's playing what really good. Got him to do. Yeah. Um, and he is playing good, man. I, his brother is better than him, but somehow he's the one in the league. I don't know. Um, he's nicer. I. Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I I hope it's a Heat Nugget final. Um, the script says Celtics Lakers. I'd be distraught if that happened because I really can't stand the Lakers and I really can't stand the Celtics either. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just a hater. I don't really care. Uh, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Uh, the Lakers-Celtics thing is – when was the last time that that rivalry was truly great? I don't know about truly great per se, but the last time that they were in the finals was 2010, um, Kobe's last championship. So we're – 13 years removed yeah. from the last time those two teams were in the finals. Yes. Yes. So. Um, yeah, the, and the Nuggets have a chance to break that streak of being the longest. It's tenured, a curse. Yeah. Longest tenure <laughs> professional team who has not won a championship. While the being curse. In the playoffs. So that would be cool. But um, yeah, I think we should move on to the final topic here. And that is the draft lottery was last night. Did you get mm-hmm. a chance to catch it? I uh, saw Spurs first, yeah. uh, Rockets third. Who was second? No, Blazers third. Blazers third. Rockets second. Hornets second. Rockets Hornets. fourth. Yeah, Pistons dropped to five. So Spurs have a chance to get another generational big man. And uh, as as skeptical as I am about Wimbenyama, I think <laughs> there's honestly no better place for him to be than San Antonio. I agree. I agree. That's basically word for word what I was going to say. I am very skeptical. Um, I feel the same way about him that I felt about Chet, and we see how that's gone. Um, and people hated on me for hating on Chet. But, I mean, you're tall, you're lanky, you're playing in a men's league. And people say, like, oh, European basketball is tougher. Yes, it is. But not the French league. I'm sorry, here's, it's not. Here's my thing. Do they not see Zion Williamson, um, Kate Cunningham, uh, Derrick Rose going back? These other builds, these athletic guards and these big dudes are also getting injured. Like, it's not just the lanky people. Yeah, you're right. You know? And it really I, – I want him to be healthy, and I want him to take over the league. I think it yeah. was so cool. Yeah. And But the last unicorn we had was probably Przingis, right? Yeah, I'd say so. That was, was the last year one last year. I remember hearing yeah. people call a unicorn and he's had good years, yeah. but he hadn't been like a consistent. He hasn't been like an, a, a franchise all-star franchise yeah. player. No, yeah. not even close. No, he's and, a solid career. One time all-star, but not a franchise guy. 
so many things have to go exactly right for Wimbe to be what everybody wants him to be. And I think he does have the best chance of that happening in San Antonio. But there's just so many ifs and buts and maybes. Like, the last time this happened and it worked out was one of the best players of all time is LeBron, right? The last time it really worked out. Like having I, I a, thought you were going to Tim Duncan. No, having somebody with this much hype coming into oh, the Yeah, because it, it hasn't worked out for Lonzo or Zion. Or, the other or any of those Pistons players. Or the Sixers players. Yeah. It didn't work out for any of them. Yeah, no. So, Markel, man. Uh, so here's one more question because we're running out of time because your Nuggets rant was so long. What do you think the Blazers do here? They have the third pick. Um they have an aging Damian Lillard, and they've missed out on the playoffs three years in a row. Where do you see them moving? Like, do you think that they're trading this pick? Do you think that they're rebuilding and trading Dame? What's the move here? The Blazers are tough for me. Obviously, as a Nuggets fan, and, like, the past few years, like, usually we see them in the playoffs, and it's a rivalry. Um, I have a newfound respect for – Damian Lillard, though, I've always known he was really good. But watching him this year, I, I really respect how he plays and the fact that he wants to stay in Portland. But I need to know why. Yeah. Um, well, this nothing, is the first time he's saying, like, maybe, maybe not. It's it's past time. And I get you want to be um, a one-team player. Like, you, you want to be that guy that's been there for forever, like Steph, like probably like Jokic, like people like that. Um but also, you got to want to win a championship. I know you do. You're not in the league this long just because you like dribbling a ball up and down. Like You, you want to win a championship. Of course. Um, but the Blazers, I don't know much about their front office. From what I know, they try to make moves. Like, you got to think. They got yeah. Nurkic, who was the starter in Denver before Jokic. And they Nurkic thought that, for so long, they, though. They thought that was going to work out great. But that's yeah. the thing. They make these moves that are supposed to work out. But then they just sit on it. They don't take action quick enough. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen in Portland. Yeah, man. no, that's really, a great point. Like, realistically, like CJ, if, if they're going to, if they were going to trade Dame and Tank, they should have done it last year when they had a chance to get Wimby. You know, <laughs> there's not that generational potential in the next draft that at least has been talked about in the same way. But they always seem to be a little late to the to the pitch, to your point. Like, with trading CJ, they traded him away for a bag of beans, man. Like, they they trade these mid-first-round picks for years and years, and then they decided, like, hmm, maybe let's take a different approach. Dame was injured for a little bit, and they're like, hey, maybe we can just shut him down. And then they end up with, like, the ninth pick and the eighth pick. And that's not helping your generational talent win. No. But uh, they have some young players that are good. I think it's time to rebuild. They have one young player that's really good. And then they Shaden have Sharp. Solid. He He's solid. But they have they have Anthony Simons is really good. Shaden Sharp is solid. Nazir Little solid. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, what is even the return for Dame now? You know, they, it's not as it, high as it could have been. DJ, like, they missed their target window yeah. of sell high. Yeah. So now the market value for Dame is lower, but Dame's still Dame. Any team will be happy to have him. He's it's just what are Chicago. they? 
what are they going to give up to get we'll give him? Them, we'll give you all DeMar DeRozan. And it, that's the thing. Like, at this point in time, most of the trades, if it's a trade and it's not, like, all about picks and rebuilding, it's going to be a wash. Like, yeah, DeMar you can't for, trade dolly for dolly. DeMar for Lillard is a wash. Yeah, Lillard's a little bit better. Let's be honest at this point. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot, a lot of teams don't have the draft asset anymore. Like we've, the, there's a couple of teams that have been hoarding them, namely there's the Thunder. teams that hold like 10, yeah. 10 first round picks. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And they're just banking all of their money on. So I don't know. I, I think it would have been cool to see when being in, in Charlotte, I know I'm going yeah, off definitely. topic, um, but Blazers on three. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know who's up for grabs this draft. Wimby and Scoot are the two that I know of. I'm, I've heard Scoot. some other names thrown around recently, but Scoot. those are the two that seem to be like straight away impactful. I think three, Scoot's gonna be great. Scoot and Lamelo has potential to be great or bad. <laughs> we'll see. Let's see. Assuming Charlotte does draft on that too, but um, yeah, man, it, it's a wait and see. Of course, the Bulls lost out on their pick because it did not end up in the top four. But it is what it is. At least now, all the moving parts of the Boots trade is done with. That's all I have to say. But uh, we're out of time, so uh, okay. I guess maybe next week we can come back and do some Damian Lillard mock trades and see how the playoffs are. But thank you so much for joining us today. Um, as always, we will continue to update you until the finals are over, and then we will switch to the topics outside of basketball. So let us know what you want us to talk about uh, whenever the time comes. Trevor, is there anything that you'd like to say to the people? Yes, Sarah. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Well, as always, peace, love, and pixie dust.